An NCAA focus for today's episode, we'll talk about Rutger McGordy, Jimmy Snuggeroo, Jack Devine, a couple NCAA defensemen, and we'll end things off with a head-to-head between Michael Hraball and Jacob Fowler, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. And on today's episode, we'll be focusing on the NCAA. We'll start off our first segment with a focus on the forwards that are doing well so far. Rutger McGordy, Jimmy Snuggerud. Surprisingly, Jack Devine has been doing very well this season. We'll have a second segment on some defensemen, including Seamus Casey, Scott Morrow, and Lane Hudson. And then we'll end things off with a head-to-head head between two goaltenders in the NCAA, Michael Hraball versus Jacob Fowler. We'll put them up to head and see how they compare. Um, all that's coming up on today's episode, so make sure to stay tuned until the end. Uh, before we get into that, first and foremost, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So let's get things started here. So we'll start off with Rutger McGordy because he is leading the SAA in points so far with 11 points, three goals, eight assists in six games for the University of Michigan. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets first round pick. Um, I was surprised to see him pick that high. Um, he had kind of an off year, uh, what, had some kind of clear weaknesses in his game that I thought would kind of leave him out of that kind of top 20, top 25 conversation. I thought if he's going to get picked, probably the last five, six, seven picks of the first round or in the second. But um, what's your take on McCordy so far since being drafted? What things has he improved in his game that's kind of shown promise and led to him putting up such interesting numbers in the NCAA so far? Yeah, McCord's a really interesting case study. I think that uh, we were kind of on the, on the same page with him in his draft year season, but uh, for some reason at the draft, when Winnipeg picked him, I actually quite liked the pick uh, with how it fits in with Winnipeg's philosophy and with their style of play. Russian sure. McGordy is a highly intelligent player. Like his his brain is the crux of what makes him valuable on the ice. Mm-hmm. He's he, he has exceptional anticipation. He has a really good sense of out of uh, fit himself in the blind spots of defenders and to move into high danger scoring chances. Uh, he's very effective at scoring when he's in, in tight areas and has little space to work with. And those are all strengths that have continued to grow at the NCAA level. Uh, I think that one of the big things that I was looking for uh, with, with this time uh, in Michigan was his skating to kind of improve a little bit because that was quite clearly his biggest weakness as a draft eligible was with the stride and the, the 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 lack of pace that he has uh in his feet but yeah uh while that, that hasn't like completely shifted since then uh the mechanics of his skating have improved a little bit i think he's more fluid now than he was was in his draft year season he's a bit more powerful and uh overall projects as a less 
bad skater. Uh, I still don't think he projects as a very good skater at the NHL level, but I do believe that his, his brain is at the level that he can compensate for a lack of speed, of foot speed, because he thinks the play so, so well, and uh, he can rely on his anticipation to get him into the important places on the ice uh, ahead of other competition that uh, can outskate him. And yeah. it's not surprising to me that he's uh, atop the scoring list this season uh, early on because uh, we saw that, I mean, obviously Fantilli graduated from Michigan and there's a, 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 a top top six spot down the middle opening up and uh, it falls quite naturally for Ricordi to play there. And uh, yeah, I, I think that he's playing some really good hockey and I'm really curious to see just how far his, his hockey brain can take him because uh, in recent draft, this is one of the players that in my mind, uh, his projection relies entirely upon how far his brain can take him because he really is exceptionally smart and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And uh Obviously, I'd love for the skating to continue to, to, to take some strides over over time, but uh, the early returns this season have been really good for McGordy, and uh, hopefully that continuing to play in a bigger role will allow him to showcase a bit more skill and creativity than he was able to do last season in more of a depth role in Michigan uh, and, and kind of take the reins of that offense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my my main concern with Rigordi is I always believed in his intelligence. You could clearly see that he was able to anticipate play really well and get ahead of plays and um, understand how plays develop. The issue with me was obviously the combination of skating, but also the fact that that combined with um, a tendency to play better with space and time. Um, when you're less of a good skater, it's really important to up the 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 processing of the processing speed of your game, the pace of play of your game, so that you can play one touch, you can play give and go, and you know, when you're not fast enough, you're not going to be able to gain separation from opponents in order to have more space and time with the puck. So it's really, really important to, you know, process a game fast enough that you already know what your next play is before you get the puck. I haven't seen that yet from Gordy, but he plays really well when he's able to take a moment, anticipate play and kind of scan what's going on. And he has that time a bit more in the NCAA with the University of Michigan and surrounded by the skill that he's got. Um, but it's going to be a big step up to the NHL. I'd, I'd be very much in favor of giving him a two, three years in the AHL to really round out his game as fully as possible and to get used to the more chaotic elements of pro hockey. Um, he's going to have to react quickly. He's going to have to adapt to quick changes in direction. And once he gets comfortable with that, I feel like you get a really good player out of him because his goal scoring ability is fantastic. His playmaking ability is fantastic. So I think it's just a matter of time before we see McGordy kind of develop into that, but he's not there yet. So there's still some progress left to do. Um, a player I was really surprised with um, to, to see this high in the scoring range for uh, in the NCAA is Jack Devine uh, of the University of Michigan, uh, of the University of Dem Denver, rather. Um, he, he was a seventh round pick. And for good reason. I mean, he has some very clear weaknesses. I was a bit more of a believer in his game. Um, but I've been really impressed with um, his ability to put up points, but also just the progress in his game so far. I mean, he's gotten, he's become a better skater. He's become more involved in transitions. Um, you know, what do you want to see progress more in this game before we're talking about a, a proper bona fide NHL prospect? Probably confidence on the puck. Uh, I mean, again, the, the point production early on in the season has been great. Uh, but with Jack Devine, I always thought that the uh, like the intensity was always really impressive. I thought that that the off puck engagement, uh, the yeah. overall mental pace was always pretty decent. I thought that he thought the play pretty well, but I I, I always didn't 
really see the high-end tools that could translate to higher-end like point production and and skill. And I think with time, he's developed a shot that is a legitimate threat at the NCAA level. And he's learning how to create playmaking opportunities through the give and go specifically, which I think are two really, really good tools, uh, not only for NCAA competition, but also to project that uh, production to professional uh, hockey. And I think one more thing I'd love to see from him, as I mentioned, uh, is that confidence with the puck because he's refined his tools. He had, he's added tools to his toolkit that really weren't there in his draft year. And uh, <clears throat> I think that, moving further along in the season uh, while the production production might slow down a little bit i'd love to see him be a little bit more sort of in possession and show the confidence of being a uh, an ncaa player who is producing a lot more than the vast majority of other players he's playing against and uh kind of taking the reins of that denver team a little bit more i think would be really great to see but uh, uh, yeah, so so far I thought that, that that he's been playing some pretty good hockey, and he's definitely uh, slowly uh, transitioning some of the strength that he was showcasing his draft year into that NCAA production. And uh, the early returns are pretty good here too. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to give a bit of a shout out to Jimmy Snuggerud, who's performing really well without Logan Cooley, which was something I was really looking forward to seeing as how we'd be able to translate his, his ability to put up points, you know, without the the amazing playmaker that Logan Cooley is. And, and he's been doing really well so far. Five goals, two assists, seven points in four games for University of Minnesota. Um, he's been their standout player on every in every game I've watched of his. He's been the main focus of that team offensively. Um, and on top of that, he's really good defensively. He's good at getting back and, and getting involved uh, away from the puck. The small details in his game, the give and go, his ability to win uh, win position battles for the puck and, and, and puck races, that kind of stuff. Um, his edge work has improved as well. Um, what's the main area you want to see improve in Jimmy Snuggerud's game? I think with Snuggerud, it's going to... <laughs> Similar thing with Jack Devine, but brought up a couple levels. I, yeah. I would love to see uh, Jimmy Snuggerud... Uh, really really showcase that he can dominate at the ncaa level because i believe he can he has the creativity he has the processing speed he has the tools he has everything you need uh to, to be that dominant player and without logan cooley he has all he, he has the reins uh really with that with that organization so i'd love to see him really just try things and be creative yeah. and play with chaos and i think one critique i've always had of jimmy snuggerud is that he can kind of fall into that into the background a little bit easier than other players especially players with his amount of skill and uh learning to be consistently assertive i think is going to be key to kind of entrenching his top six upside as being a top six rather than a bottom six projection uh, because the tools are definitely there, I just think that it's the confidence and the that that internal like n like the internal knowledge that he can do exactly what he wants to do on the ice at yep. this level of play. I really would like to see him establish that before he jumps to the AHL or the NHL, for instance, because Makes I sense. think that would unlock some doors for him in his development and just further build on his tools and further allow him to test out his playmaking game and further allow him to test out his his, his goal scoring and, and his off-puck movement and just trying things with the puck because yeah. he has the puck skills for it. And he's definitely um, the most exciting prospect for me in uh, in St. Louis, even ahead of Dalibor Dvorsky. And I'm quite hopeful for this season for him. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him to develop uh, really well, especially having to um, center himself on that line and take kind of take it for, uh, take it by the reins, essentially. Uh, but that wraps it up for our first segment, and we'll talk about some defensemen out of the NCAA that have really impressed so far. We'll get after we'll get into after these messages here at Locked On NHL Prospects. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, that you can use on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and more. If you've been thinking of joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than right now. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll talk about some defensemen that have really impressed so far uh, in the NCAA. We'll start off with an obvious one here in Seamus Casey. I mean, he's always been ahead of the curve offensively. He's always been a very good um, offensive driver, and that's really shown so far um, with the University of Michigan, especially with the likes of Luke Hughes and all that gone. He's really taken that team by the reins and has made it his um, from the back end there. He's a fantastic quarterback, great playmaking ability, um, amazing edge work and skating. He's able to, to evade pressure really well. Um, never been really the biggest or most physical or even def- defensively responsible really type of guy, but th- the offensive game just jumps off at you. And I mean, do you expect the projection of Seamus Casey to continue to evolve like this? And, you know, do you think that a top four role, um, at, at least as an offensive defenseman with power play quarterback responsibilities, is realistic, especially with a team like the New Jersey Devils that have really shored up defensively? I mean, they've got Simon Yemets, um, you know, they've got Luke Hughes. They've got so many different options that can work really well on the power play. Where does Seamus Casey fit in that? Yeah, I think that's a bit tougher, especially because you already have Dougie Hamilton and yep. uh, Simon Yemets kind of locked up as your as your right shot defenseman uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. Uh, but Seamus Casey is the level of prospect who, in my mind, is going to punch his way into the league, whether it's with New Jersey or somewhere else. Uh, he could force New Jersey's hand. If there's no space for him, uh, the only option there might be eventually to move him along because... Uh, I think that Seamus Casey is among the most dynamic and creative and offensively intelligent defensemen outside the NHL today. And yeah. he's off to a great start in the NCAA again this season after letting it up last year already with Michigan. And I think what, one of the things that makes Seamus Casey so special is just the speed at which he's able to process pressure in the offensive zone. Uh, he's really, really composed. He's very good at uh, scanning and collecting information, and he processes that information at a lightning speed, which allows him to be so adaptable with the puck on his stick, and it, it enables him to be the dynamic force that he is and to really like leverage his handling ability and his pace of play to create consistent opportunities in the offensive zone. And uh, I think that... Uh, he is one of the most exciting players for me in the NCAA uh, to watch. And I think that he projects as a second pairing offensive defenseman at the NHL level. And whether or not that happens in New Jersey remains to be seen, but I'm pretty confident that he's going to put up some points uh, somewhere in the league eventually in the NHL. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to Scott Morrow, a uh, personal favorite of mine. I've always been a massive fan of his game. He was in my first round in his draft year, uh, and I still believe in the potential that he can bring uh, to that Carolina Hurricanes back end, especially as their their core of, of defensemen ages. Um, I feel like he could seem he could fit in very, very well with um, their top four. Eventually, he's got seven points in five games, two goals, five assists. Um, it's kind of been in the same vein of Seamus Casey of just a very intelligent, very capable offensive contributor. Um, great distribution habits, great understanding of his surroundings, scans really well. Um, and he can evade pressure so well on the breakout. A, a lot of the time, he'll be pressured by two four-checkers. He'll find a way to wriggle between them and just skate up the up the ice with the puck, make a pass, and his confidence with the puck really, really shows. Um, UMass has been a team I've, I've been following quite closely, um, and Morrow's a big reason why they're successful right now. Um, he forms a pairing, I believe, with uh, Ryan Ufko, uh, who's another really good defenseman out of the NCAA, but... Morrow's definitely the offensive driver on that on that pairing, and also the the um, the reason why they're able to get settled in the offensive zone so often. I mean, so many times he's a he's a player who jump starts the offensive possession. Even though Ryan Ufko is going to be the one probably creating the turnover, Ufko is very much a delegate and 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 let skate up type of defenseman. So he'll delegate to his defense his D partner. And that works really well with what Morrow does because he's great at receiving pucks in um, in stride and just making a play up the ice that really works well with, with the formation and system of UMass. So um, is there anything in Morrow's game that concerns you that would prevent him eventually from becoming an NHL defenseman? Uh, or are we talking about a player who's got the tools which he needs to put them together? Yeah, I, I think with, with Morrow, it, it definitely hinges on the offensive game uh, mm -hmm. hitting. I think if the offensive game stagnates, uh, that definitely would throw a wrench into his NHL projection. Yeah. But uh, from what I've seen so far, I'm still quite confident that he's going to hit the NHL level. And I'm especially excited to see what he would be able to do with a defensive partner along the lines of an Alex Nikishin. I think they would complement each other fantastically. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that with those two players inside a top four, uh, while yes, uh, Carolina's defensive court is aging, those are two really, really young, very talented, and even better complementary defensemen uh, yeah. that I think are going to really ease that transition to the next era of uh, defensive cores in Carolina. Absolutely. Um, well, I think he's off with Lane Hudson, who recently got injured. Um, he's not necessarily putting up great numbers. I mean, he's got two points in three games, but he suffered an injury. He'll be back in the lineup on uh, Friday, which if you're watching this on Thursday, will be tomorrow. Um, Boston University will be, uh, you know, they, they are without their basically their best player um, until then. But Lane Hudson has really improved in key areas of his game that even if he, he keeps the exact same kind of uh, – uh, point per game average which would be a massive downgrade from his draft year i still am very high on what he's added to his game and that matters a lot more than just points on a board um he's become so good at playing inside pressure at at shrugging off bigger stronger opponents by leveraging his body uh by leveraging his low center of gravity and and his ability to to absorb weight um there was a specific play when he was playing against Bentley, which is uh, uh, it was part of the ECAC division of the NCAA. Not the highest level of competition, but still, that the player he was up against was maybe six foot two, hundred and ninety pounds. And Hudson 
first, I mean, he missed a, sh- he, his shot was blocked. The puck went behind him. He reacted more quickly than the Bentley defenseman. So even though the defenseman was already, the, the, the Bentley forward was already headed to the puck, Hudson was able to pivot and skate backwards um, quicker than he was able to skate forwards. Um, and then once he got to the puck, Hudson didn't just immediately try to make a play on the puck and try to get rid of it, throw it up the, up the side of the ice, that kind of thing. He got low. Uh, reverse hit the defenseman with his back. I mean, the, the the forward was was draped all over his back. He threw a reverse hit, got the puck, and spun and made a perfect pass to an open teammate, and that led to a scoring chance. You know, Hudson's always been very good in terms of finding passing lanes and being creative and all that, but that small detail of being able to shrug off a player that's 6'2", 290 pounds... That shows a lot more promise to me than Hudson scoring five points a game. I, 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 we already know how offensively gifted he is. We don't need any updates on that. If he changes nothing about his offensive game, he's already he's already at a level that it would be borderline elite for the NHL. But what matters very, very much with Hudson is that he adds those small elements of being able to separate from opponents, from being able to outmuscle, outwork, and outthink bigger, stronger opponents. And he showed that in his in that game that I watched against Bentley. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens with Hudson here. Um, you know, uh, what do you think of his skating though? Has anything improved on his skating side? Do you, do you see any progress on that side or is it still, you know, an issue regarding his pivots, his backward skating, his lateral mobility, all that good stuff? I've seen a little bit of progress over the summer, but still a little bit less than I'd been hoping for, yeah. especially considering that his pivots have been like going back to his draft year, quite clearly a really big weakness. I do wish that, that there'd been a little bit more progression on that front, but uh, I think we're really nitpicking details when that's our big critique of Lane Hudson's development. It's like, oh no, the pivoting still hasn't improved. And it's like, well, eh. as you said in your detail, like he pivoted and won a race to a puck. Like he is improving on that front. It's still yeah. a weakness, a, a quite clear one. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I think, I think that with time, he's going to address it. Like at the, at the very latest, once he's, once he's playing NHL or AHL minutes against pro competition, that will be zeroed in on as a thing that will need work and will then be worked on later. Like I'm not really too concerned on that front because yes, it is an important part of defending the rush, but Lane Hudson has like, quirkily adapted in ways to defend the rush kind of okay and well despite not pivoting well it's not always the prettiest but but he's he's learning uh ways to bypass that as a as a weakness and uh those tools will be effective for the rest of his career like it sometimes like if you get a bad pivot in and and you have to recover from that other defensemen will be kind of left in no man's land and hudson is uh used to that situation uh very much so uh, he, he's, he's learning tools to kind of catch up that space and how to close that gap as efficiently as possible and how to get his stick in uh, in a desperation play to kind of actually disrupt the rush. Uh, those are all things I think that Hudson now does better than a lot of other defensemen in the NCAA because he's had to learn those things to adapt. For sure, absolutely. Um, that wraps things up for a second segment about uh, some NCAA defensemen doing well. Uh, now we'll talk about a head-to-head between two goaltenders, Michael Hrabal and Jacob Fowler. We'll get into that right after these messages here at Locked On NHL Prospects. For medication, supply chain issues are a bigger problem than ever. 
that's what that's why jace case and jace medical are the uh, option for you in terms of getting your medication on time uh and within reasonable delays the jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections whether you have a sinus infection ear infection any sort of issue with infections uh, antibiotics are really useful in those situations and can really save your life at times um you never know how these things can go jace medical now offers customizability for your jace case with dozens of add-on medications you can choose the medications that best fit you and your family's needs all all it takes is just filling out a form and occasionally hopping on a call with one of their licensed physicians and before you know it you've got your jace case on the way in the mail and you're able to take care of your needs uh, medically very easily um jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings in these well in these recent efforts they've added ivermectin as well as an option for the jace case for uh parasitic infections scabies lice all that kind of stuff um and you can also buy a gift card for your family or your loved one so that they can get a jace case of their own so go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a 20 dollars discount on your order that's promo code that's promo code locked on at j-a-s-e medical.com Sidney crosby scores a hat trick your team wins the stanley cup and you want to win a hundred times your money these are all possible scenarios for this season, but you have to join the Sleeper Fantasy uh, Hockey app for your chance at winning big. With studs like Connor Bedard, Leo Carlson, and Adam Fantilli entering the league, the NHL is more exciting than ever before. And all you need to do to get in on the action is to join the Sleeper app and start to track stats like goals, assists, saves, and more for your chance to win big. 100 times payouts are available on Sleeper, so start paying attention now and get your picks right so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, so moving on, we'll be talking about two goaltenders to end things off here uh, in the NCAA. Two goaltenders that were drafted fairly high in their draft year, both in the second round. Um, we'll put them out head-to-head, kind of uh, compare their performances so far, and kind of see what we can expect from them this season. We'll start off with Michael Rawball. Uh, he was drafted by the Arizona Coyotes, a towering six foot seven uh, goaltender with amazing range, uh, technical ability, um, and he's fairly athletic for his size. I mean, you can only be so athletic when you're six seven, but he definitely puts that to the test. Um, through three games, he's got a two uh, two goals against average, uh, a nine thirty three save percentage for UMass, and. Everyone I've talked to at UMass is just raving about Michael Rabo. Um, you know, every one of my friends who follows him closely, who's a fan of uh, UMass or goes to UMass um, and, and follows hockey, really likes what Michael Rabo has brought to them so far. He's a steady, steady element between the pipes, a kind of concerning amount of calmness, and uh, really keeps himself in control in those in between the pipes. Um, covers his net, his posts really well. Um, what do you think of a goaltender like Michael Hrabal and what they need to usually learn in order to become effective in the NHL? Let's say we compare him to a guy like Ben Bishop, who's technically the the kind of prototype for yeah. the, the big guy goaltender, right? Yeah, I think that the, the key is is to be consistent, especially when you're that size. I think consistency in movement, consistent consistency in habits are especially important when you are that lanky. And yeah. especially as a goaltender, if you're off by an inch in, in one area or another, you're leaving a pretty big hole that mm -hmm. NHL shooters can exploit. 
And uh, I think one thing with Farabal that I noticed a lot last season that I'm, I'm really hoping uh, shifts a bit this year is uh, his consistency in how he, not his like his positioning of his feet in the crease, but his positioning of his upper body. Uh, yeah. And uh, his, his arms are often kind of like in, in different positions in different situations. And he kind of had holes underneath his arms at times that uh, I thought that shooters were consistently targeting. And uh, just overall in his stance, he he's not the most consistent in the amount of the net that he covers. And uh, especially when you're that big, I think that, that that type of inconsistency can really be a, an Achilles heel because when you're off by an inch and you're that size and you're like, what, eight feet out of the net, maybe if you're really aggressive, uh, yeah. that small hole for such a big goaltender becomes pretty large. And uh, I, I think that working on those finer details of positioning and overall posture in net are key for Harabal this season. I'd also like to see his puck tracking were, uh, improve a little bit this year, which I thought that last year was a bit of a weakness too. But uh, the tools are excellent, and his start's been great. I've, I've watched one game of his, and he was really solid. He, he looked composed and confident, and he was very effective in net. Uh, but I, I remember from last season that uh, he's definitely a little bit uh, inconsistent with those performances. So uh, I'll, I'll wait and see uh, to, to, to make sure that... Uh, those weaknesses are, ha, have been ironed out a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's been a great start for him so far. Absolutely. Uh, we can compare that a bit with Jacob Fowler and what he does well. I mean, Fowler, first for sure. and foremost, is one of the most intelligent goaltenders I've seen in a long while. Mm-hmm. There was a specific video of him um, at the uh, interviewing, uh, being interviewed by the Habs uh, coaches, and he could tell you exactly, you know, whether a player is a, is a shooter or a passer and what, what handedness they are. Um, just by naming, uh, you can name him any uh, USHL player, whether that's, you know, uh, Jaden Perron or anyone else that you could name in the USHL. He would tell you immediately whether they're left-handed or right-handed and whether they're more of a passer or more of a shooter. Um, on top of that, he's got this confidence about him that not only shows off the ice, but especially on the ice. Um, very intense on on lateral movements, challenges uh, players really high um, on breakaway situations or two-on-one situations. And he's got the footwork in order to get back on time um and to get cross ice on time so i really like the profile he's got a 1.97 goals against average and a 913 save percentage so the, the save percentage is lower but essentially um if you look at the numbers um uh, michael robles made two more saves than him uh essentially so it, it's a small sample and that's why the, the numbers would, are so different but i i really like the the head-to-head here because there are two players that were really interchangeable in my rankings two goaltenders that was they're really interchangeable i would have understood if one went before the other regardless um but what's your take on fowler so far with boston college i mean he's well surrounded isn't he he's very well surrounded and i've really liked what i've seen so far as you said, it's his intelligence that, that really stands out. And I think one of my favorite combinations in goaltenders is when you combine intelligence with aggression with uh, just overall, I think, high end, um, like that, that, that lateral mobility and that yeah. explosive movements. When you're able to have those three elements, I think that as a goaltender, you're pretty well set for most situations. And I think that Fowler is just that. He's really adaptable. He's really strong in basically every situation. I don't think he has a glaring weakness in that, apart from being unconventional stylistically. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think that, uh, I mean... <laughs> As far as like as goalie coaches go, I think that he's a bit of a frustrating case because of just how 
uh, how, how how different he play, he approaches the game compared to yeah. other goaltenders. But I I really think that he's a bit of a unicorn as a goaltending prospect, and I like him more than than Robble as an NHL prospect. I think that I'm personally more willing to bet on that combination of intelligence, aggression, and lateral explosiveness rather than the high end tools and the massive size of Michael Robble. Uh, so yeah. I, I think that that Fowler is awesome. I think he's going to have a great NCAA career. And while I think he probably needs four to five years to be an NHL player, I do think that his chances of being a starting goaltender are pretty decent here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't even know who I'd pick here. Uh, the two very, <laughs> very good goaltenders, uh, goaltender prospects. So it'll be exciting to, to see him go about it. Um, I'm especially interested in what Jacob Fowler does um, in that Boston College team because it's a stacked team. They look really good. Uh, but that wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports. And make sure to tune in next week as we can as we start our coverage for the month of September uh, for for the month of November. This has been Hattie Kalakash with Sebastian High, and we hope. Tune in next time.